segment, we'll get back into the Biden email, Hunter, what's going on, Twitter, Facebook, censorship story. Hashtag where's Hunter. How big a deal is this? Is this uh, possibly alter the trajectory of the campaign? Nah, it doesn't seem like anything does. If a pandemic, economic collapse, impeachment, the president himself getting the virus, of all these different things don't really change the numbers. I'm not sure anything will, but uh, we'll talk about it coming up. Yeah, yep. Hey, a little earlier, and this is apropos nothing, but we were talking about a, a rendering plant. Do you know what that is? They take uh, dead animals and they deal with them, uh, like big animals, livestock and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and, and they kind of cook them down, but they skin, cook, and compact the dead stock and send it back to the market as pet food, poultry feed, biofuel, oil for rubber products, and tallow for soap. Hmm. Uh, that's so interesting. It's, it's recycling. I mean, what are you going to do? Have a graveyard for dead cows? I mean, not so much. Um, you know, with headstones and the rest of it. <laughs> Elsie. <laughs> Just nothing. 2017 but to 2020. Countless, mostly ate grass. <laughs> countless headstones. Here lies Bessie. Here lies Bessie. <laughs> much like Elsie. Mostly ate grass. <laughs> anyway, that's fascinating. It's like an undertaker. It's, it's one of those professions nobody has ever in the history of the world said as a child. I want to grow up to run a rendering plant. <laughs> but it's incredibly important, and it's it's profitable, too. I remember a kid in uh, high school. Uh, I don't remember what age we were, but there was going around, what do you want to be when you grow up? We're like 16 years old, and then one kid uh, wanted to run a funeral home. That's quirky. I'd like to have a word with that kid. I, I'd like to know more. Uh, at the same time, I mean, obviously, when you need one, and if they're good at it, it's it's a wonderful thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's a necessary trade. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's yeah. A, hmm. Well, speaking of disgusting businesses, uh, politics, there is a story that is, as usual, being uh, misreported or overreported out of corrupt California. I usually refer to California as Cal Unicornia, where realism goes to die because most of the electorate and politics run on dreams and unicorn farts. I mean, they're, they are so utterly divorced from what actually works, the way societies ought to run, um, well, that you end up with bums, junkies, human poo, uh, floundering budgets, uh, disastrous pension bombs about to go off. It's just, it's Cal Unicornia. Occasionally, I will refer to Cal, uh, uh, California as corruptifornia because, uh, like every one-party system in the history of mankind, if there is not a meaningful uh, dissenting party, the party in charge will become utterly corrupt. Uh, for instance, in 49 states in the United States, ballot harvesting is illegal. Bad- ballot harvesting being you going around and saying, hey, hey, you got a ballot, I'll turn it in for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, here, uh, and and uh, do it like this and like this, and uh, uh, don't bother sealing the envelope. I'm, now I'm getting into speculating, although it's speculating I know with great certainty to be true. If there are any races that the person hasn't filled out, if they haven't sealed their envelope, if they say, I'm not sure who to vote for, then the activists who are doing the vote harvesting fill in the ballot for them. And you know how they're going to do that. Uh, a, a congressional race was overturned in North Carolina. Because a guy was was vote harvesting. But in Corruptifornia, it's legal. It was legalized by the one-party Democratic uh, ruling class a couple of years ago. 
Well, the Republican Party has said in California, um, the Republican Party has said, okay, well, we better get good at it. And so they have established drop boxes in churches, gun stores, businesses, where conservative voters will tend to congregate, saying you drop off your ballot here if you want, we'll turn it in for you. Well, the utterly partisan and corrupt attorney general of California, whose name is Javier Becerra, is threatening to prosecute the uh, the Republican Party in California for having these drop boxes. His ridiculous reasoning being that they're uh, they're not secure. Uh, we can't count on those ballot boxes being secure, so they are illegal. As if a Democrat Party employee going to a big retirement home and saying, who has ballots? Sweetheart, do you have a ballot? Who has ballots? As if that is secure, whatever secure means. It's utterly corrupt. It's amazing. And they're threatening to uh, prosecute the Republicans, as I said. Well, the California Republican Party today said, go to hell. They rejected the cease and desist letter sent by the California Attorney General and California Secretary of State. Uh, The letter sent by the GOP argues that despite philosophical opposition to ballot harvesting in general, um, the various organizations drop off locations where legal, given the state's laws, and nothing in state law defines or restricts how ballots once harvested are to be stored before being turned in. They have to be turned into a registrar within 72 hours. The Republicans are saying, yeah, no problem. We'll empty the box every day and turn in the ballots. So this is, this is an, everybody on the left is so vocal and so sincere, tears brimming in their eyes about voter suppression. You don't give a crap about this, do you, you phonies? No, you don't. It's un- I can't wait to see this play out in the courts. Can't wait. We're going to have a guest on this very topic tomorrow oh, to good. drill down on it. Good. Yeah, I think one of the attorneys involved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, oh, man, I want to bang this like a gong. It's something. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of elections, I, I noticed yesterday on the, um, the, the anti-Trump networks, which is really everybody but Fox, mm-hmm. um, they regularly get together on talking points. I don't. I don't know how that works. Tucker does a funny feature on this regularly. It, it goes out from the Democratic Party. Do they actually send out an email, or or do they all just catch on? Ooh, both, both. I think both. Well, this one could be either of those. I mean, like your and a perfect example of this is uh, you, you've seen those charts or letters or uh, viral whatever that the uh, the the news director for ABC News is married to the spokesman for blankety blank they all, yeah. they're all family yeah sure or friends um <clears throat> but the talking point that either was sent out or everybody picked up on in the last 24 hours is hey this election is closer than you think biden could still lose somebody decided that uh, the mood has been way too positive and we might have a lot of people not show up because they think he's got it in the bag. And so every show that I watched on MSNBC yesterday and several articles in the New York Times and all kinds of different places were about this election's not over yet. And they like drill way into stats to try to come up with an argument of how Trump could still win, wow. which he, obviously he could. 
But, um, uh, you know, it doesn't usually come from these sources. Morning Joe this morning, they led with, this election's not in the bag. Trust me. Here, look at this state where it's now wow. only eight points and it was 11. That makes you know, sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they're right to do that. I think they are, too. But it was just humorous to me that, wait a second, <laughs> you and Brian Williams and the New York Times and and uh, Lawrence O'Donnell all came up with this at the same time to have this feature on, wait a second, the election's much closer than you think it is. Mm-hmm. And the Biden campaign said it yesterday right they all work together the 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 all the networks other than fox are like part of the biden campaign and the newspapers as you point yeah. out the websites it's really interesting right. right buzzfeed the cat blog which I, I love that by the way since i uh, take a beating for being a guy who believes the polls i think trump is very unlikely to win uh, unless things change between Based now and election on what day. the polls all the polls that are almost always right which there polls which polls many, all of them many okay. years <laughs> Okay. Let me tell you about a little thing called 2016. Yeah, yeah, Sean, I'm tired. You take over. There are many, many years of the polls being right almost always with that outlier, and the polls involved say, yeah, we've we've you know gone to great lengths to try to fix that. These polling organizations, they don't get anything out of being wrong. They make a way more money being right. And they're not all working together. And a lot of you think they're fixing the polls to uh, to make it look bad for Trump. I don't know. You can believe that if you want. I don't think they're doing that. I think this is what they're coming up with. To me, if Trump ends up winning, what we learn is that they weren't in the bag for Biden. What we learn is it's just not a science that's doable. It's not something you can not do. anymore for various reasons. For all kinds of different yeah. reasons. Right. Um, in the same way that it's very difficult to come up with the actual TV rating, what the actual ratings are for the debates. Or the NBA Finals in the modern world. You just mm-hmm. you can't figure it out because people take in the information. So I think polling might be like that. If Trump wins, it just means that polling is not a thing anymore. It's not possible to do. That would be a blessing in disguise. Oh, yeah. I think that would be good for America. I think yeah. the polls lead to many people. Right. You hear what's popular yeah. and what's not, and you either get enthused for your person or give up on the person or whatever. Wow. Can it, how interesting is that notion, my friends? That we would all argue and listen to the candidates. They would make speeches. They would make their pitches. Commentators would commentate, and then, but nobody would have any idea, you know, who seemed to be catching on until Say, election day. Saying they're <laughs> wrong last time doesn't really make sense. In that they're not even close to as close as they were in 2016. Trump's opponent opponent has three to four times the lead. That happened last time. If Trump wins this time, it'll make last time's upset seem like a blip. And much lower negatives, too. But they were wrong last time. Oh, wait, no, you were <laughs> correcting that. No, no I'm, okay. you know, maybe, like I said, maybe polling's not a thing anymore. Maybe it doesn't work. There it are is, so many possible. people that are afraid to. We uh, Somebody in the radio business that we respect uh, sent me a text yesterday talking about how back in 2016, I said in a meeting, I think Trump's going to win. And everybody made fun of me clear up to the election. He said, I would never say that out loud, loud, out loud now that I think Trump's going to win. I would I would think I might lose my job or people are not going to want to do business with me or anything anymore. Wild. The number of people out there who might be scared to tell anybody they support Trump could be very, very high. Given the viciousness of yeah. the left. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I've spoken on this. We need to take a break. But the uh, the excitement gap, the enthusiasm gap is cavernous. It's the oh, Grand yeah. Canyon. There's no doubt. No doubt. Right. How that plays out, I just I can't wait to find out. Yeah. God willing, we'll all know on uh, November the 3rd to 24th. Do Hunter Biden's emails play a role in this? Uh, we got to tell you about that. Wh- where did these emails come from? The laptop? That's a pretty interesting story, too, if you haven't heard it. 
Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This was mass censorship on a scale that America has never experienced, not in 245 years. And it's a threat to all of us. Democracies only function when there is a free exchange of information between citizens. We no longer have that. This is a dark moment. That's Twitter and Facebook not allowing a New York Post story to be spread around. You couldn't even share a link to a New York Post story. America's oldest newspaper, Ben Shapiro, said it's one of the single most dangerous political moments I have ever seen. Um, Jonathan Turley is going to have more on that in just a little bit. What are we talking about? It's a story of Hunter Biden's emails that came from a laptop. It's kind of a confusing story. Tucker Carlson lays it out here. These emails came from a laptop, an Apple laptop, that was dropped off at a Delaware computer repair shop last year and then abandoned there. After a certain number of days with no payment, the shop's owner took legal possession of the laptop. He looked inside. There were tens of thousands of emails, including exchanges with representatives of foreign companies and foreign governments. The laptop apparently belonged to Hunter Biden. The shop owner was stunned by this, by the appearance of corruption, and he was afraid for his family. So late last year, he gave the laptop to the FBI. He kept a copy of the hard drive for himself, but he never heard back from the FBI. By May, he was anxious, so he made overtures to Senator Mike Lee's office and at least one conservative nonprofit. He emailed their websites, but no one responded. Finally, the man contacted Rudy Giuliani's office, and today's story is the result of that. So, uh, legally obtained information that may or may not be true, that may or may not be in context, but legally obtained, you cannot share on Facebook or Twitter, even though it was published in the New York Post, illegally obtained information that may or may not be true and may not be in context about Trump's taxes is a front-page story everywhere. Right. And shared by everyone. Yeah, the hypocrisy is just blatant. I mean, it just needs no trial. You've already convicted them. Um, The interesting thing to me, though, is that anybody still needs proof that Hunter Biden was selling access to his dad. It's utterly clear. (laughs) And he got crazy rich. I was watching on Fox, and they're taking a break during the confirmation hearing of Amy Coney Barrett. And they're talking to Jonathan Turley, law professor. And uh, I thought they were probably talking about that. No, they got on the topic of this, the emails and Twitter and Facebook, because Mm. Senators Cruz and Lindsey Graham are uh, asking Jack Dorsey, hey, you need to come in. We need to talk to you. Um, So it's getting kind of interesting. This is what Jonathan Turley had to say. Except many limitations on either. And this is becoming perfectly Orwellian. I mean, the... Uh, idea that these companies would block the discussion of this major story uh, is quite chilling. I mean, the you can disagree as to whether this has been properly sourced or you can disagree with its interpretation, but it's major news and the public wants to talk about it. And you have these companies that are literally blocking people from being able to see the original story or to engage freely in this discussion. We're on the eve of a presidential election, and this should be something that should not be partisan. We we, we, we cannot survive as a society like this. So it was the lead story on Fox all day yesterday, as it should be. It didn't even exist on MSNBC. Right. So you got half the country walking around with one set of 
what the world is, and the other half of the country walk around with a different set of what the world is, and they don't meet up at all. And they hate each other for the they, uh, you know disconnect. Yeah, but we're not talking about like I've, we've got a different opinion on the same story. We're talking about completely different stories, right? Yeah, I don't I don't understand how you survive as a as a, as a society like that. Yeah. Well, the idea that Jack Dorsey and uh, Mark Zuckerberg would weigh in occasionally, and Positive Sean made the point earlier that they've been pressured to do this by politicians and media figures. But the, the media fact- figures whose job it is to refute, disprove, and and kind of counter-report stories right. that they don't like. Yeah, they, they want Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg to do it for them. But the idea that they would occasionally weigh in and say, no, 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 this New York, New York Post story that has all sorts of of proof and verification, you don't get to see that. You will not see that. Having permitted the Russia collusion hoax for years and every unsourced, single, anonymous story in the New York Times, the rest of it, not an ounce of pushback. But this New York Post thing, you can't see this at all. I mean, it's just astonishing. I'm looking at New York Times magazine. They had an unnecessarily long and Orwellian article, The Problem of Free Speech in an Age of Disinformation. There is a force with with weight behind it and energy, my friends, coming for the First Amendment, saying it's too dangerous. It's because the modern era with the Internet is too dangerous. Free speech needs to end, and people mean it, man. People who teach law at Harvard are coming for the First Amendment. So more on Hunter and his computer and his crack pipe and his hooker. And yeah, we haven't even got to what's in the emails or what was on the computer. There's really something for everyone. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Not true. It raises a host of other troubling questions. But either way you go, it's major news. Okay, we missed the first part of that. That's Jonathan Turley, law professor, saying if this story is true, the Hunter Biden email story, it is huge news, and there's you can't justify Twitter and Facebook not allowing it. Right. And if it's not true, it's a big story. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's it would be a great experience for the American people to hear something this elaborate and full of evidence exposed as a falsehood. I think that would make us all better consumers of news. And if the New York Post... Which, uh, you know, they have pictures of women with large breasts on page six, okay? It's it's a little tabloidy, but it is a serious newspaper. Founded by Alexander Hamilton. Please! He's not going to miss his shot! Anyway, um, if they have it on the front page, for Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg to say, no, 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 you don't get to see this, is an astounding development. So we'll get to the meat of what's allegedly in the emails in just a second, but... Uh... Uh, Rich Lowry, it's the tainted meat of corruption, Jack. Rich Lowry of the National uh, Review was pointing out the circular reasoning and how the Biden campaign handled this. So they got a hold of Twitter and Facebook said, "Don't allow this story out; it's fake." So Twitter suppressed it, and now Biden's campaign uh, person, press secretary, put out. I think Twitter's response to the article makes it clear that these purported allegations are false. So you, oh, that's beautiful. So you lobby Twitter not to print the article, and then when they don't, you say, "See, they didn't print it, so it can't be true." That that uh, there's a term for that. The uh, FBI did it during the Russian collusion hoax. You remember Comey would leak something to the press, 
And then the FBI would cite the press reports as evidence to get a FISA warrant. Right. So these emails would lead you to believe that Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's dad, absolutely knew uh, about his son's business dealings because he has said in uh, numerous interviews. Do we have the Savannah Guthrie one? Maybe we should play that. Um, whichever number one that what number that is. I know it's on here somewhere. She's a very very lovely woman. Um, uh, he has said numerous times that he, uh, you know, he and his son never talked about business. He didn't know anything about his his business, and he certainly never got involved himself um, with these uh, companies. In this particular case, Barisma. Well, Hunter Biden's emails imply that his dad did meet with somebody, which would be a very big deal. Right. You set up a meeting. You were making $50,000 a month as someone with no expertise whatsoever. You got on the board of this business, and you set up a meeting with your dad because they wanted to get to the vice president of the United States. Right. And let me just chip in. There is also today in the New York Post a long, well-documented article about Hunter Biden being in bed with various Chinese oligarchs and making astounding amounts of money and uh, also setting up meetings with the vice president for them. So it's, it's, it's a lot more than charisma. Hunter Biden was involved in two countries, China and Ukraine. Interesting. Joe Biden. What, is, what significance does that have? Joe Biden, as vice president, was put in charge of dealing with two countries, Ukraine and China. So, uh, you know, Hunter Biden might have been profiting off of that with, with you know, ref- it looks bad, but it doesn't mean Joe Biden did anything. Right. But these emails would lead you to believe that maybe he did. You know, and, if I could make my son or either of my daughters, a giant pile of money by setting up a meeting with some executive, some radio executive. And uh, that's it. That's all I do. I say, yeah, you know what? I can convince him to spend 20 minutes with you. And uh, say, hey, it would really be doing me a favor if you could see. And, and, and my son or my daughter has made piles of money off of that. That is unquestionably selling access. Hmm. It looks terrible. It's untoward. Are you a radio executive in this case, or are you an elected official? Of course, I the me in this in in this um scenario, I have to be the guy taking the meeting at the behest of my son. Okay, so Declan says to me, "Hey, Dad, do me a favor. Uh, meet with this. Uh, we're on the. Uh, he's he's a musician like like his old man. Uh, we're on the verge of getting signed. Uh, and uh, can you just can you meet with this uh, this executive? He's going to ask you to like." Play his company's uh, records for your bumper music. Um, but the, just take the meeting. I'd say, yeah, all right, I'll meet with the guy. And I'd say, wow, that is catchy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I could see us using that perhaps. Uh, thank you for stopping by. It's nice to meet you. I send him on his way. I roll my eyes. And my son gets his record contract. If I don't do anything, or I certainly do, don't do anything with any sort of uh, uh, footprints, you know, fingerprints, you can get away with that. And that's what I believe Joe Biden was doing. I don't know that he altered any policy. Well, in private business, I'm sure that happens all the time, and I right. don't care. Right. But government policy? Yeah, it, it stinks. <laughs> and, and it just gets so out of hand so fast. If you can get access to the most powerful people in the world when billions of dollars are at stake... By giving their kids money, right? I mean, it'll just the whole thing will fall apart. Oh yeah, that's that's terrible. You can't permit it. Hey, by the way, uh, the whole uh, Joe Biden got that prosecutor fired thing. 
I don't buy the rights uh, I don't description either. of that. I don't either. I don't either. A, a couple of really prominent conservative Republican senators were for firing that same prosecutor because he was uh, he was a lackey of the Russians. Um, so I don't think that particular angle, as uh, convenient as it is, I don't think it's legit. Sorry, I know a lot of you do. Yeah, it's a great soundbite, but it just yeah. in context, I don't think it's damning. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, it's it's beyond a doubt that Joe Biden's uh, son and his brother, who hasn't gotten much attention, uh, have gotten filthy, filthy, stinking rich based on the fact that Joe was the vice you know, president. You maybe, know, maybe the possibility is Joe really didn't have much information about his son's business dealings, as he says. He stayed out of it. And uh, he just trusted his son. If his son said, hey, I want you to meet some guy that, it, you know, it's not something I need to look into. It's my own mm-hmm. damn kid. Yeah, well, maybe Hunter he ripped off his guy. Chinese oligarch buddies because they uh, forked over uh, six, no, that's nine figures, nine figures to his brand new hedge fund, uh, among other things. Hired, uh, made him the co-founder of a holding company worth tens of millions of dollars based on, of course, his extensive knowledge of Chinese-American trade. Um, just mind-boggling amounts of money based on these Chinese oligarchs or, or, or Ukrainian oligarchs' belief that he could get them the access they needed. So even Brett Baer on Fox called the uh, the, the provenance, the where the laptop came from, the big, big, the owner to making it to the New York Post story, hinky. It is kind of hinky. This This guy who's blind, who runs the computer store, Nobody re- nobody comes to pick up the laptop, so he decides to open it up and read the emails, and then you know it goes from there. Um, that is kind of a, a hinky backstory. The I, only- I don't think it's hinky. I think it's. I don't think it is. Um, just because, as I pointed out earlier, people get busted for child porn all the time because they drop off a, a computer for repair and and they don't realize those images are still on there, and they get reported to the authorities, and or they never come back and pick it up. Yeah, images I could see, I'd look at them, but I, I, would I read emails and then like, wait a second, these are foreign adversaries. Considering you would have to sign on to the uh, the browser of choice and I'd then have open to the emails. put a fair amount of mental energy into figuring out what are these things about? Because, I mean, if you read the emails, even with the context, they're hard to understand. Yeah. Imagine coming across them completely blind. You don't have any idea what's going on at all. Right. I Just as I a computer repairman. I didn't mean blind as anything. I mean, yeah, that was a little unknowing. ableist there. That was a little problematic. The only Come reason. On. We should probably have a struggle session. Canceled! It's <laughs> <laughs> now the Getty Show. Get out, bigot! To me, what makes these believable is that it's not damning enough. I mean, there's there's not there's not enough. So clearly, if this is true, Biden can't be president. I mean, it's not like that. Right. It's kind of vague. And even if it's true, I'm not sure that means Joe Biden did anything wrong. And so here's a sample. The documents uh, obtained by the New York Post included an attorney engagement letter, September 2017, uh, in which one of, uh, oh, we're talking about a gent by the name of Yi, who's a former chairman of a Chinese energy conglomerate. I mean, giant company. This guy is connected. Um, an attorney engagement letter signed by one of Yi's top lieutenants, and they name the guy, former Hong Kong government official, who, that agreed to pay Biden a million-dollar retainer. Hunter Biden. Wow. A million-dollar retainer. You remember, If you know what a retainer is, that just means I get to call you and then you bill me for the hours. You're just, you're my guy. 
a million-dollar retainer for, quote, counsel to matters related to U.S. law and advice pertaining to the hiring and legal analysis of any U.S. law firm or lawyer. In December of 2018, a few months later, a Manhattan federal jury convicted Ho in two schemes to pay $3 million in bribes to high-ranking government officials in Africa for oil rights in Chad and lucrative business deals in Uganda. He served a three-year prison sentence and was deported to Hong Kong in June. Yeah, well, so it all makes me think Hunter Biden is willing to do anything for money, and I don't want him to be president. Mm-hmm. But you know, does it go to his dad? Uh, I think that is in the eye of the voter. Uh, I think if you are extra chummy and making your son millions of dollars off of a hostile communist regime, that's an awful look. Yeah, just it sure terrible. is. Sure is. Yeah. Um, nobody's alleged, by the way, any uh, breaking of the law by uh, Joseph R. Biden. Correct. Um, it's in incredibly unethical but it's the way they all get rich what if he's you, been in the center a long time what if you really nailed down he uh lied about something even if the something itself is not illegal he knowingly had meetings with people who were paying his son enormous amounts for access to him i don't even know if you i don't even know if you'd be able to nail that down but he did have meetings with people oh yeah because he says he didn't yeah if you believe the uh, legitimacy of the laptop and the emails uh-huh and he might not have known that his son was getting a gazillion dollars for it. It's possible. Also, as you've pointed out, one of the great techniques in politics is making sure the boss knows. Uh, I'm making sure the boss does not know what he shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him. He doesn't want to hear it. Right. Bingo. <laughs> I've finally figured it out, Joe. Thanks, anyway, buddy. I, I, I hope you would think from this previous few minute conversation that this is interesting enough that you should have been able to tweet this story to your friends, this New York Post story. Dig more into it. Keep your eye on it. Figure out if the New York Post is making things up. And is, then has Steve Bannon gone off the reservation? Either way, it's interesting. Right. And then it's the job of the New York Times or the Washington Post or whoever to poke holes in it. That's the way the whole thing's supposed to work. Right, exactly. Not Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg deciding what you can see. By the way, if all this is a bit dry and esoteric for you, there is a 12-minute-long sex vid <laughs> in which a Hunter Biden is fornicating with a prostitute and smoking crack. Are you sure it's a prostitute? I thought that wasn't nailed down. It was an unknown woman. Oh, good point. I think I heard somebody describe her as a, a working girl, but I can't verify Could that. Could have been in, anybody who just likes I the party. I cannot verify that independently. Or someone deeply in love with him. One much, like, children. much like uh, Hunter and Joe's business deals, just because he gave her a lot of money after they fornicated does not necessarily make her a prostitute. They could have been deeply in love, and it's just merely we're, we're peering into the romantic doings of a couple. And listen, I overheard you on the phone saying you're having trouble making your car payment. Here's $500. It could be completely innocent. <laughs> we don't know. And then they relaxed with a little crack. Do you drop off your computer with that video on it just for some guy and then never come pick it up? I think if you're out of your mind on crack, you well, as I said earlier, I've known some cokeheads, and conscientious was not a word I would use to describe them. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty Show. 
sometimes uh, when the game's going on, but uh, warming up and practice before game, I mean, for me, it's nice not having fans in the stands because then there's no one trying to talk to you and asking for autographs and wanting pictures and all that stuff. I don't like any of that stuff, so uh, it's nice not having that for me. Most people like it. I don't like it. Well, that's interesting. Zach Granke of the Houston Astros doesn't like pictures and autographs. Um, that's why you get paid, is is the whole thing. Uh, part of me admires his honesty, but uh, some things should not be said out loud. You should you go bang on a trash can, by the way, you cheater. Even if you, I don't know if you cheat. Even if you think that occasionally, you've got to like run it through the your brain and say, yeah, but, you know, obviously, people being into me, being here and wanting an autograph with me is why I get paid. Right. People didn't care. I don't make any money. Well, people are stopping caring about sports. It might seem as uh, sports ratings have tanked across the board while cable news is thriving. The NBA had the lowest-rated finals it has ever had. Uh, coming off that, the NFL is also down. Now, people immediately go to, the, well, people are watching on their phone. Well, it didn't all happen in yeah, one year. that's true. It wasn't all in one year uh, that everybody decided to watch everything on their phone. Yeah, I didn't watch the NBA finals this year. First time in my since I was eight years old, I didn't watch any of the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. I don't have any idea why. It wasn't yeah. for politics. It wasn't for wasn't anything for specific. I just didn't watch. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this off the air um, in regard to a different topic, but ha- habits are hard to break. Good habits and bad habits are hard to break. I wish somebody had told me that when I was like 16. Um, you get out of the habit of following a sport. You sit there thinking, uh, do I want to get back into that? Uh, why would I? I'm, I'm yeah. doing fine. Yeah, that's kind of where it's, I... It's, it's a I had show. A little of that. It's entertainment. The, the truth is that almost every league has faced plummeting ratings. In many cases, leagues have experienced record lows over the past couple of months. Uh, outside of the WNBA, which is actually up 15%. From nothing. <laughs> for some reason. The 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, which just finished off, down 40% compared to last oh. year. Now, people just didn't all of a sudden decide, I'm going to watch it on my phone since last year. 40%. Positive Sean, our modern media consultant, that 40%. Just a ballpark. What percentage of that can you explain away with alternate viewing methods? It's it's really tough to say because there's just so many more variables in this too. Where for the first time in the history of all these sports, they're competing against each other at the same time as well. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, there used to be a rhythm to it in my yeah. life. You know, I didn't start watching the NFL until, or I wouldn't watch start watching baseball until the NBA Finals were over, right. and I wouldn't start watching the NFL until the World Series was over, and it just kind of go from simply there. from my anecdotal experiences of myself and my friends similar of age. None of us watch sports on on broadcast television, right? Mm-hmm. And but you just didn't start this in the last year, did you? No, no, I've been doing this for yeah. a couple of years now. Yeah. And with hockey, there are a lot of Canadians who watch, and, and Canada doesn't even have power. Unless they yoke, I usually four moose to a turn wheel. It's like a syrup based. They system. lash, they lash <laughs> the moose. They go around in the wow. circle and they generate power for one night a week so they can watch hockey. So Stanley Cup, that's hockey <laughs> down forty percent. NBA lowest finals they've ever had. Final round of the golf's U.S. Open, three million viewers, lowest rated and least watched final round of the tournament ever. Down 55% from Oh, it last was year. really good, too. 55% in a year. You Woof. can't explain that by... Well, people are too busy working with the COVID. Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> the pre- Golf clubs, by the way? You can't get a tea time anymore. They're bursting at the seams. Boats, 
fishing lakes. She can't get in because of the COVID. The Preakness on NBC was down 56%. (laughs) I don't think that's because the horses were kneeling. Exactly. (laughs) It's politics. It wasn't because the horses get down on one knee. (laughs) Not standing for this horn thing. That's right. That horn means oppression to horses. (laughs) That actually does in a way. That's That's a huge drop. Uh, last Saturday's Tennessee-Georgia game on CBS averaged $3 million, making it the highest-rated, most-watched game of the season. However, the rating was still 21% lower than CBS's Week 6 game from last year. Um, anyway. It was I funny. Know, we were I talking... Don't know, I, don't, I don't know if they'll come back next year. I have no idea. Yeah, we're, we're actually... You may find this slightly interesting. We're not supposed to talk about the radio rating system. Um, so we don't, uh, you know, prejudice anybody. Um... I will tell you, in the modern era, it is getting more difficult. TV ratings, exceedingly difficult. We were talking about polling earlier. It could be. You just can't do polling anymore for various you know, technical reasons. You just, it used to be you had access to every American household and could easily get a nice random sample by picking up the telephone and calling them at home. And they've tried to evolve with the times. It could be that you just can't anymore. I don't know. Two million people watched Game 1 of the ALCS. Two million people in this whole country. Lowest ratings they've ever had. Wow. It's not even really worth talking about something that two million people watched. Weren't they Yankees? Or the Yankees lost in round one. That's like a cable news show that's not that popular. Times, they are a change. Armstrong and Getty.